Today's episode of the Roger Hoover Podcast is available on iTunes, it is available on Stitcher, also available on SoundCloud, and the Roger Hoover Podcast is proud to be part of the River City Rogue Podcast Network. For the best local blogs, vlogs, and podcasts on both sports culture and entertainment, make sure you head to RiverCityRogue.com. Bold views from the bold city and beyond. Hello everybody, this is Roger Hoover and it is great to be with you. I'm recording this on Wednesday, July 27th, 2016 here at the baseball grounds of Jacksonville in beautiful Jacksonville, Florida. It's episode 9 of the Roger Hoover podcast and I hope everyone is doing well. It's been a very busy few weeks for myself and the Jacksonville Suns and it's been a busy few weeks of waiting around and all of a sudden not playing baseball and then having to get ready to play a lot of baseball and that's the case for what's coming up later today between the Suns and the Jackson Generals. Just to recap, uh, the Suns were last in Mobile, Alabama, where the Suns and the Bay Bears were scheduled to play a Wednesday through Sunday five-game series, and Wednesday night, the Suns won 4-3, got that game uh, played just fine, and then Thursday and Friday, twice we went to the ballpark on those days, and The field just would not dry. Some rain got under the rain tarp. I think if you've listened to previous episodes of the podcast, you know how I feel about tarps. But um, the rain just kind of seeped through and made the infield dirt very muddy. So we couldn't play on Thursday and Friday and ended up having back-to-back days of doubleheaders on Saturday and Sunday. And the Suns ended up losing all four games. And then get back to Jacksonville, had a great off day on Monday. Got a chance to spend some time in lovely St. Augustine. Always enjoy going down there and seeing just the beautiful scenery that is all around that outstanding city right on the water. And then we got to the ballpark yesterday and played into the bottom of the third inning. The Suns had a 3-1 lead and lightning blasts like a real real big lightning blast like I haven't experienced before here at the baseball grounds forced the teams off the field tarp was put on the field and after uh, some rain it was decided we could not play anymore last night so last night's game suspended and we'll pick it up later today uh, playing the full nine inning games of the first game of the series and then seven inning game after that so it's just become the norm for the Suns it seems like to play seven inning games for the last five games will be seven inning contests so that's different baseball is not a sport meant to be played in seven innings but Nevertheless, that's what faces the Suns later today. Everything else has been going really well. My finger rehab is on the way for my right middle finger. I no longer have to wear a splint, so still doing getting some work done on that. A few physical therapy sessions left to go, but um, I have a normal-looking hand for the most part once again, so that is certainly great, and I'm appreciative to not only the Jacksonville Suns for their support in the process, but also the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute. They have some wonderful doctors, wonderful physical and occupational therapists, so I certainly appreciate all of their help. It's been a lot of fun to watch the Republican and the Democratic National Conventions. I'm a big politics buff in addition to loving sports and loving baseball, and I haven't been able to watch a ton of the two conventions mainly due to baseball games but last week on Thursday we were postponed and I was able to see all of Donald Trump's speech uh, that he made in Cleveland at the Republican National Convention 
And thought it was, at times, a very good speech. Uh, we won't get into the politics of any of it, but uh, way too long of an address by Donald Trump. He was tuning out even his core supporters, so that was very interesting to listen to him on Thursday. Uh, in the Democratic National Convention, I still want to watch Michelle Obama's speech. Has not have not had a chance to watch that. Earlier this morning, I did watch all of Bill Clinton's speech that he made last night in Philadelphia, and I thought he was terrific. I think Bill Clinton is one of the best communicators we have ever had in American politics politics or American life. I think he could be a broadcaster and be uh, an extremely skilled communicator, but uh, what an outstanding speech he made. It'll be interesting to see how Hillard does tomorrow night, but we'll have another baseball game, so I'll probably be catching up on that late as well. And uh, at some point, we're going to start having some political-minded guests on the podcast. We've kept it to pretty much sports to this point, but I certainly want to get into some political talk as the elections get closer, and certainly as we get closer to the debates. uh, I think that's something that I'll have to bring up at some point on this podcast. Today's podcast was recorded a few weeks ago when the Tennessee Smokies were in town. They had a Major League rehabber on assignment with them. That is Joe Nathan, a veteran relief pitcher who has um, first been in the big leagues since 1999 when he first broke in with the San Francisco Giants. And, of course, you probably remember him most for his great work for the Minnesota Twins, the Texas Rangers, Detroit Tigers. But Joe Nathan is the guest today. I had a great conversation with him uh, about his road to recovery and some thoughts about what the future looks like for him. He's, of course, signed a deal with the Cubs, has been rehabbing off a second Tommy John surgery. So he talked about some of the difficulties in undergoing Tommy John surgery a second time. And I also asked him what it would mean to him if the Cubs were able to win the World Series, would it be the end of his career? And I think you may be interested to hear the answer to that question coming up in this interview. But Joe Nathan, a great guy, uh, had an opportunity again to speak with him when the Smokies were in town a few weeks ago. And then the Cubs called him up to the major leagues earlier this week so certainly wish Joe Nathan all the best and he's somebody that also lives in Knoxville Tennessee in the off seasons he's been training uh, before with a good friend of mine Herman Dimming, who I knew when I worked for the UT baseball team. Herman was also the strength conditioning coach for many years for the Tennessee Volunteers, and he's worked with a lot of outstanding Major League Baseball players like Joe Nathan in the offseasons in Knoxville. So kind of cool to catch up with Joe Nathan, someone that, again, has been a six-time All-Star and I think could be a really valuable addition to the Cubs' bullpen that's rapidly improving. The Cubs just got a role as Chapman in a trade with the New York Yankees earlier this week. So I think you'll enjoy this conversation with the Chicago Cubs, Joe Nathan. Roger Hoover now joined by Joe Nathan, who is currently on a rehab assignment from the Chicago Cubs with the Tennessee Smokies. But Joe, first of all, welcome to Jacksonville. How'd you feel about your first outing here at the baseball grounds? Uh, it was good. You know, um, still ironing some things out and, and working through some some uh, some of the early uh, dust and rust and and getting through the surgery and you know some of the dings and things you get along the way especially amping up the intensity pitching in games now so um, just working through that but you know yesterday felt good located the ball well and and uh, had a good breaking ball that kind of got me through the inning and what's this whole process been like for you? Of course, you had the elbow injury early last season when you were with the Tigers, but had to miss all of the season with Tommy John surgery, the recovery. When did you first start talking to the Cubs and feeling like this could be a possibility? Uh, I believe we started uh, probably early May. Uh, it was it a was fairly, fairly quick process. Um, 
you know, they, they definitely were persistent. They, they kept on the phone and, and, and kept in touch with one of, one of my agents. And, and uh, you know, fortunately, there was a, a good relationship with them. So they were able to uh, keep, keep contact and, and stay informed. And when we felt comfortable enough to have them out to Knoxville and, and throw in front of them, uh, we brought them out. And fortunately, they liked what they saw and came out for another visit. And, you know, from there, it was just uh, a matter of, of the timing and, and getting to Arizona, get my work in and get my reps in of doing it every day. You know, you go from, you know, working out four or five days a week and throwing three days a week to to having to uh, go at it on a daily basis. And that's, you know, that's a big adjustment. And then from there, you go, you come here and, and now you're throwing in ball games every other day. So, you know, your body just has to kind of, adjust and get used to that grind again and you know as, as long as I've done it uh, the body the body needs to adjust you know that year off definitely allowed my body to kind of get used to a different schedule and also you're getting to rehab with the Tennessee Smokies uh, you live in the baseball offseason in Knoxville Tennessee uh, first of all how'd you end up in Knoxville and then what's it been like getting to pitch at Smokies Stadium and then get to go home after the games are done well being there and, and throwing and sleeping in my own bed is first it was kind of strange but <laughs> Uh, that didn't take any adjusting. It's it's been a very nice uh, process to be able to go pitch and and actually come home and sleep in my own bed. It's almost like I have a, a normal job and get to come home and hang with the kids. And uh, as far as being in Knoxville, just uh, was an area where I was living in Arizona and wanted to get back east, but still be south. And went to visit uh, sometime in the fall in Knoxville and just fell in love with the area. It became home. And, of course, you're signing the old Chicago Cubs and put on the disabled list, a chance to get back in mid-July, is that right? Uh, yeah, right now the date is, you know, it'll be sometime second half of July. Um, I think the official date that I could come off the DL is the 16th, but uh, we'll kind of play it by ear by how this goes and how I'm feeling and, and uh, you know, how quickly I could, I could get out there on back-to-back uh, occasions. And we're supposed to do that sometime next week, so hopefully... Uh, just keep keep pushing through the process, and, and like I said, it's it's really about how we're feeling and, and how comfortable I feel to go up there. And when I do go up there, I want to be able to help the club out. So, just trying to be honest with myself, with the club, and and know when I do go up there, then I'm I'm ready to roll for them. And they're having such a great season, of course, best record in Major League Baseball. A lot of young talent, a lot of veterans as well, and I'm sure that was very appealing to you when you decided to sign with them. Uh, no doubt. Um, you know, first and foremost, it was about getting back in baseball. Um, you know, being 41 and, and having this surgery for the second time and this one being a little tougher with the flexor tendon, um, there was no guarantees to come back. So uh, first, I was I was just my goal was to get back in baseball. And then when the Cubs called, it, it was just an added bonus, obviously, to join a team that uh, with their talent, how they're doing this year, uh, and my ultimate goal is to win a championship, so, so why not try and do it with the Cubs and what a party that would be. So that's, that was, it just seemed like a perfect fit for me. And also, I mean, they're doing things a little bit different in the way that Joe Madden keeps the club loose, uh, the crazy outfits, and just a lot of the fun they seem to have in the clubhouse. That's got to be exciting to get to be a part of that. Yeah, I've heard good things uh, throughout my career with, with Joe. Uh, no different here with the guys I know on the Cubs. Uh, you know, they're, 
they keep pushing for me to get up there and they said dude it's such a blast when you get here so you know added motivation to get there I only had a small sample size of of what Joe's all about when when he managed the 2009 all-star game so uh, definitely looking forward to that and you're here with the Smokies, uh, young guys in Double A who are trying to make the transition that you made uh, earlier in your career. When you think back to when you were pitching at this level, um, when did things start to click for you and you realized you did have what it took to become ultimately what you became, a very good major league closer? Um, well, I mean, I think it it probably started at this level. Um, you know, my first I remember my first taste at Double A. Uh, I was a single A pitcher and got called up for for a small sample size before I went back to single A for for our playoffs Um, but uh, came up the first time and and definitely got handed to a couple times when I came up Uh, and then the following season I started in double A and and really learned some more things along the way throughout that process and and uh, had a good had a good start to my double A uh, double A season that year and eventually got called up uh, April 21st. So I got called up in the beginning of the year, but uh, the few starts that I did have, I learned a lot at that level and learned how to pitch a little bit better. Ultimately, going up to the big leagues, uh, you know, you got to make adjustments and learn along the way, learn on the fly a little bit. And then when you think you got to figure it out, the hitters adjust and so you got to adjust. Uh, you know, and you hear this is a game of adjustments, and it, and it truly is. Uh, you just got to pay attention to the guys you're facing, and, you know, they'll usually let you know if, if they're seeing your ball coming out of your hand or not. If they're not, stick with it. If they are, you got to make, make some changes and try and get some guys out. You've had a long career in this game, six-time All-Star, but when you look back on your career to this point, what are you most proud of? Uh, uh, probably work ethic. Um, you know, the one thing growing up, uh, was always instilled in me and, and, and through my parents and through my probably one of my favorite players was Cal Ripken and you know you always hear about his work ethic and uh, how he came to the park and, and tried to get better every day so that was something that I always kind of took with me and, and uh, throughout the whole process the injuries and, and, and my you know the success I've had the failures I've had uh, I've always managed to to keep my work ethic good and, and be able to bounce back and, and, and come back from things. The injuries are probably the toughest thing to come back from. So, you know, if I'm able to get back to the big leagues after this injury, uh, you know, this will probably be one of my more proud moments just because I know probably I would say 99.9% of the people don't think I was going to make, didn't think I'd make it back. So. Uh, me even being here is, is kind of a success for me, but ultimately want to get back up to that level. And get back to that level, and is it a situation where you, how long, how much longer do you want to keep going if the Cubs are able to win a world championship, would that be it right there? Uh, no, I don't think I I could go through this whole grind and, and do it for a two and a half month stint. You know, I, I think as long as I'm feeling, feeling good and feeling okay and able to go out and, and help a team. Uh, I don't see a reason for me to stop. You know, if, it, if it's a case where, you know, I feel, I feel like, you know, I don't really have much for a club and I can't help a team out, then sure, it's time to hang the spikes up. But if, if the teams think I could help them out and I think I still have something left, then I'll, I'll keep going out there. Well, Joe, it's been great having you in Jacksonville. Just best of luck in your rehab process and getting back to the Major League Chicago Cubs. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.
Joe Nathan certainly looked good on the mound in a Smokies uniform. Wish him all the best with the Cubs as they try and win the first World Series title since 1908 for that franchise and also try to, first of all, win their first National League pennant since 1945. But all the best to Joe Nathan. Enjoyed catching up with him on this podcast. Our next guest on the Roger Hoover podcast, I think you'll really enjoy, Derek Henry. He was at the baseball grounds of Jacksonville last time the Suns were at home for his bobblehead nights, and we had a conversation all about his Yuli High School career, his days at Alabama, and also what's next for him with the Tennessee Titans. So that'll be in our next episode, most likely on Friday or possibly next Monday. But make sure you subscribe on iTunes. You'll get it faster than anyone. Also, you can go to our SoundCloud page and the River City Rogue Podcast Network. It'll be posted there as well. And make sure you check out all the other podcasts that are available from our friends, especially Richard Miller and Scott Manzi do such great work on one of my favorite shows, the Manzi and Miller on Sports Podcast. Well, we got to get ready. A lot of baseball coming up here at the baseball grounds between the Suns and the Generals. But I thank you all for listening to this episode of the Roger Hoover Podcast. And until next time, play the waltz, Roy. I remember the night and the Tennessee waltz. Only you know how much I have lost. Yes, I lost my little darling the night there. 